Hello and welcome to the Camping Crew Podcast with Chris and Aaron. Welcome ladies and gentlemen to the Camping Crew Podcast with yours truly, Aaron Burchill. And me, Chris Byrne. Aaron, I thought we might start this week uh, with our camping news. We got a, a, a good start to the week there with a, two lovely comments on boards.ie from James and Ben just giving some positive feedback on the podcast. So look, it's, it's great to, to get the feedback. Firstly, to know that there's somebody actually listening. Uh, and second, just to, to, to know that they're enjoying it. So certainly if anybody wants to, to send us any messages or anything, you can email us at campingcrewpodcast at gmail.com. We'd love any kind of feedback, ideas and, and all of that. We have um, an email uh, a week or so back from Jan. Uh, Jan was telling us that there have been uh, some improvements in Bonrati in terms of camper spaces. He sent me on an article from the Irish Times from the 8th of May. Um, he said that their plans are underway for an 8 million rejuvenation of Bonrati Castle and Folk Park, which will include a new multi-screen immersive experience, educating visitors about the history of the site. The article went on talking about uh, other things that were happening in Bunratty as part of this uh, development but one of the, the comments as part of these plans is they're adding extra motorhome spaces to the car park when they're going to remove the canopy area so it'll have both playgrounds and boardwalks so that'll be a fantastic addition have you ever stopped in Bunratty Aaron? I, I never have because I didn't realise if there were any parking spaces at all to start with so is this new spaces or additional spaces? It looks like they're new spaces um, from what I gather We've only used it as a, as a, literally we've passed by it on the way down to Doolin or whatever, but well done. But on the subject of new spaces, and myself and Charlie did a video on Newtown Cove Tremor some weeks back, and I would have mentioned in the video, there's no overnight parking of campervans on the prom in Tremor. And lo and behold, well done to Tremor, to Waterford County Council. There are five new camper van spaces right on the prom, down by the Surf and Rescue Centre, down beside the skate park and the public toilets. And it's something, I mean, I've parked my, my camper vans down there by day quite a few times. And you took a spin down just to see, and they are good spaces. Yeah, very much so. Um, five spaces in a really good location. So it's great to see that the uh, the council are definitely trying to um, promote the, the campers to come along and give them an area to park so they're not taking up the smaller spaces uh, on the prom where they have to overhang onto the footpath even more, you know. So it's it's a really great step forward. Um, judging by the popularity, though, of Tremor, uh, I reckon they'll probably want a lot more spaces. But look, I'm not giving out at all. This is a, a great step forward, you know. There's a, a privately owned car park down behind where those spaces are. It would be absolutely brilliant because it's never been full. And if somebody could just take the initiative and say, well, do you know what? Now, there's no facilities. There are public toilets, but there's no plugging in. There's nowhere to dump your waste. There's nowhere to dump your grey water. But as you say, let's not look at the negatives. It's fantastic after all these years to see five good parking spaces right beside the shops, right on the seafront in Tremor. So well done to everybody concerned on that front. Definitely, yeah. It's not clear whether they're overnight spaces just yet. I would assume they will be. They generally just charge parking during daytime hours. For a car, it's normally two hours for the whole day, you know. So they, the council were never out to rip people off in Tremor. It was always just uh, initially one euro, then two euros. Um, and that's for a whole day's parking. So that's great. So I think people are happy to pay for a space where they have a, a dedicated camper space. And like you said, if that other area was made available, people would happily pay, you know, 10 or 12 euros 
for the, the 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 pleasure of parking in a dedicated motorhome area. Yeah, but well done, Tremor County Council. So it's something that we keep an eye on, and of course, we'll keep you updated here on the Camping Crew podcast as well. Are you in a club? Uh, we were part of the IMCC a few years back. Um, I suppose when the kids started getting older, they wanted to go away camping with their friends more and more, and um, we have we didn't renew our, our membership. But it's something I definitely want to to get back into now and, and take part in a couple of clubs. So I'll certainly be um, looking out to see uh, which ones are, are good in our area. I'm a, a member of the Motor Caravan Club of Ireland for, oh, I would say, since since my first camper. So let, let's go with a figure of about 15 years. But during the week, I had an interview with Noel Fanning from the ICCC, which is the Irish Camping and Caravan Club. And I started off the usual way by asking Noel, how long has the club been in existence? Well, our club started in 1971 when five uh, families in Dublin who were interested in camping got together and it has grown from there. So in 2021, which is two years' time, will be 50 years in, in existence. Now, when you say it started in Dublin, so is it national or is it a regional club? It's a 32-county club. We actually have six branches. We have the northern branch, the southeast, the lee side, Shannon side, Carib Northern. So we can go onto your website to join. It's obviously you join the region that you live in. No, you actually join the club, and that's the benefit of this club. Normally, you go with the, the regional uh, branch that you're with. But with our club, the calendar is posted on the website, and you can go into the website, take your pick of what um, event you want to attend, and then book online. You can attend anyone's event. Okay, so let's go. We'll skip ahead to the events because I have been on your website and you are a very, very active club. Uh, you recently, as recent as last weekend, your own branch had a meeting. Tell us, what, what happens at the event? What happens from the day we arrive? Well, last weekend we were in um, the race course in Nice. We had best part of 120 units for the weekend. Uh, we arrive on Friday. On Friday night we have the official opening of the rally in the cheese and wine reception. On Saturday morning, we had children's sports. On Saturday afternoon, there was a, a trip arranged to the National Stud and the Japanese Gardens. And then there was also a walking tour of Nice uh, organised. On Saturday night, we had a, a cold salad meal for everyone who participated. And we had a group in our city who play, uh, from Dublin who played on the night. On Sunday morning... We had uh, the usual fun and games with the kids. On Sunday afternoon, lots of people went on a, an organised treasure hunt. On Sunday night, we had a country and western night. And on Monday morning, before we finished the rally, we had a, a free raffle for the members, mainly camping equipment and such like. Now, one thing I didn't touch at at the beginning, it's called the Irish Camping and Caravanning Club. Now, when... I arranged to speak to you. I assumed that that was the Irish camping, as in camper vans and caravanning club, but it's camping covers, tents, caravans, the whole lot. Well, originally, when it started off, it was camping, and obviously then the, the caravans came in. And then as the years went on, we got quite a lot of motorhomes. Actually, a lot of caravanners who were members previously now are motorhomers, and they come with us. So there's no problem whatsoever we take tents, caravans, motorhomes. And we even had a spell of trailer tents for a while. We had one of them as a kid. We have a, we did have, and we still have a few. And I think really, with the cost of tents now being so low, 
that people are actually coming out in tents once again, which is great. Yes, you can literally go into the likes of Halfords or any of the camping stores and get kitted out for 500 euro. You've tent, chairs, cookers, everything. And so you're seeing an increase in tents? Oh, we are, we are. Yeah. Last year now, once again, we saw the tents coming back and hopefully this year we'll have a lot more because like, uh, the same enjoyment is there for the people, whether they have a tent or a motorhome, you know, to participate in what we do if they so wish. Now, talking about participating, so I, I don't have any children that we'd bring camping, but if, if a family come along, mum, dad, two kids, do they have to participate in the events at the weekend? No, there's no one have to participate in anything. We've got some people who organise the stuff all the time, and obviously when we get new members from time to time, they would offer to give a hand and learn how to coordinate rallies and such like. Uh, no, there is no obligation on anyone. You just come along. The, uh, the events are organised. If you wish to attend them, attend them. If you don't, there's no problem whatsoever. Now, we mentioned uh, before we started the interview that the club actually has their own campsites, very similar to the English Caravan and Camping Club. Tell me about one or two of the sites that you actually have. Yeah, we have a site in Drumgoff, County Wicklow. It's up just beyond the Glen Malure Hotel, which is a pretty famous place for walkers and such. It's a fantastic site. It was an old army barracks going back years ago. We bought it maybe 30 years ago and have worked away on it. Uh, it's it's a lovely place to go for a relaxing weekend. We also have a site which we acquired two years ago in Courtown, County Wexford. It's right, you could say, on the seafront, about two minutes from the beach, two minutes from the town. Both those sites have a capacity for roughly 40 units and they have all the facilities you need in as regards showers, toilets, kitchenette and everything else. But it's only for club members. Only for club members, only, yeah. And uh, we can do a night for a family normally on those in high season for 15 euro per family. Including electric hookup? Uh, including electric hookup. I mean, there isn't a campsite in this country. There's fields that will do that, but not with electric hookup. That's what, but can, as a member, we'll say I'm in the, in the club four or five years, can I bring my sister along and her motorhome? Can we bring guests? Uh, no, we don't encourage it. We do have, from time to time, we have visitors, but they would be visitors to uh, your unit. In other words, if your sister wanted to come along, uh, she could come and maybe bring a tent and park it behind your unit. Because we class a unit as uh, the actual unit, an awning, and we can allow two small tents at the back. Uh, our pitch size normally is 9 metres by 9 metres. Now, tell me about the benefits, apart from the campsites, tell me about the benefits of being in a club like yours. Are there discounts? Are there insurance schemes? What's the benefit of joining a club, apart from the social aspect of meeting new people, which you can meet without being in a club? So what's the benefit of joining your club? Well, the benefits are there are some discounts available from insurance companies for, for camper vans and such, like from the like of... Um, Halfords, uh, I think the AA Alter, we have a couple of places like that. Um, I suppose possibly one of the best benefits is that you have the rally more or less organised for you. If you go out normally, uh, we say for a, bit, a long weekend and you have three or four children, the three or four children are with you all the time, which is nice. But it's great if we went to a sports club, a rugby club or somewhere, and your three or four children meet another ten children, here they are over in the corner of the field playing football, having a great time, and it's giving you as an adult time to relax as well. And friendships that have been built in the club over the years have been lasting from the start and still going and probably will for years to come. 
You were saying that one of the original families, which set it up, as we say, 50 years in 2021, are still involved. Yeah, the fourth generation. That's brilliant. So you're celebrating 50 years in 2021, and you mentioned to me on the phone when we were organising the interview, the FICC. Now, I'm going to try it. It's the Federation International, the Camping Caravanning Este Auto Caravan. You guys are organising. Tell me about their rallies. They have them all over the world, but it's going to be hosted by your club in 2021. Well, uh, there is an international rally every year in a different part of the world. This year it's in France and we have, I think, 54 units from our club going over there. Um, Next year is uh, Germany and the following year, 2021, we are doing it in Nace Racecourse. Now, we're doing it because it's the club's 50th anniversary. But we have done an international rally on three occasions before. We did it in 1988 in Punchestown, 1997 in Mill Street and 2007 in Mill Street. Uh, The last one in Mill Street, I think, was 1,360 units we had on site with in excess of 3,000 people. And Noel Duggan, who was famous in Mill Street, has said it's the best thing that ever happened there because we actually had 3,000 people living in Mill Street for 10 days. They were eating. The butcher there was working for 20 hours a day. When we spoke about your ordinary rallies, which take a bit of organising just for a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, for people to leave the bank holiday Monday, if this thing is going on for 10 days in 2021, you must, you must have started organising already. Or the organising, well, we started basically about five years ago, just getting the, the skeleton more or less into position. Uh, a group from our club actually went to Germany last August to tender for the rally. Now, these rallies are pretty hard to get, but I think from previous experience and the three very successful rallies that we did in the past, it had helped us in, in a very big way. People seem to want to come to Ireland. Right, and then the fact that it is your 50th birthday could have helped swing it as well. Oh, it would be. It would be a major factor also, without a doubt, yeah. Now, apart from the rally in 2021, the fact that it is your 50th birthday, I'm assuming there's going to be a lot of activities for that year, both on your campsites and rally in general? Oh, there certainly will. And actually, this year, we're doing our holiday this year in Carrigaline County Car in the GA um, complex there. And it happens to be the 30th anniversary of our Leaside branch. So that's a, a holiday anniversary rally. So hopefully we'll have a great holiday this year. Now, a lot of the rallies, you, you've mentioned Nate Racecourse, Punchestown Racecourse, but you actually do go in groups to commercial sites as well. Oh, we do. We certainly uh, we do use uh, commercial sites, without a doubt. But we try, if at all possible, to use the commercial sites slightly off-season. Because, I mean, the commercial sites are... They've only so much, so long in the year to actually uh, work and it wouldn't be really fair that we'd be going in there. So we try to go maybe in April, May and then back into September and such like. But we do we do use them yeah, and have a great time at them. Actually, I'm going next weekend to Currachase Forest Park. I was there about... Actually, the day they opened, the 1st of March, because as you know, I have I have a video channel with my dog, Charlie and me, are camping vlog. So I'd never been to Curra Chase. There was a couple of units of the UK and myself, but I only said to my wife just the night before last, where will we go next weekend? And I was thinking of doing a revisit. But that could be the weekend that you're there. Will it still be open to the general public? Certainly, yeah. I'd say we will only have probably about eight or ten units there for the weekend. But it is open to the general public, yeah.
It might be nice to come along with a crack. It might be nice to come along and do a video for my video channel and, and again redo this interview, but we'll do it on camera. Noel, is there anything else you want to tell me about the club before we wrap up? No, there's not. Uh, basically, I've been in the club now for the past 30 years and probably it's one of the best things that I've done. I've made some great friends all over um, Ireland. I'm presently the 32 county president, which gets me around to all the different branches. But uh, it's a very human type of a club. We tend to look after one another. We tend to get involved in charity weekends and try to raise some money for some of the, the charities and that when we're on rallies. So all in all, personally, I think it's a great club and I would be advising anyone to join because the main feature, as I say, your unit, your awning, two small tents constitutes a unit by us. So if you have five children or ten children, the one rally cost is for you and uh, you, you can do it pretty cheaply and enjoy it. Are you a motorhome or tent or a caravan? I started in a tent and then moved to a trailer tent and then moved to a caravan and I, I'll hold on, possibly a motorhome. I don't know, line. you were excited when you stepped into this motorhome now earlier on. Noel. Noel, how do I go about joining the club? Uh, we have a website, www.icc c.ie if you go on to that there's application forms there's also all the news about the club and that and uh, there's a phone number also of the club phone if anyone has any uh, wants to make any more inquiries we'd love to get some new members thanks to noel for for doing the interview for us uh, we appreciate him taking the time to have a chat with us um, uh, we're going to move on to the campsites and stopover section now Aaron, and i think you're going to tell us about hidden valley is that right no yeah, that's right, Chris. I went uh, to Hidden Valley Caravan and Camping Park a couple of weeks back to do a vlog for myself and Charlie's vlog on YouTube. Their website is irelandholidaypark.com. Now, a unit and two adults and two children is €32 euro off season and 38 season. Electric hookup is €4 euro and showers are €1. Euro. There's absolutely loads of free on-site activities for kids. For example, they have an outdoor fun park, um, embankment slide. Now, that's a very high slide. You climb up the embankment and slide down. Giant space net, two large playgrounds. There's a lazy river, football pitch, sand and water play area, and free Wi-Fi and fishing on-site. Now, there are other activities. And Chris, you have two kids. This could cost you a fortune. <laughs> they have kayaking. Paddle boats, bumper boats, rock climbing wall, water balls, bungees, trampolines, a pitch and putt crazy golf course, a big slide, archery. They've got laser tag, bicycle hire. They have a cinema and pizzeria on site and a combat laser tag zone. But just opened last month is Splash Valley Aquapark. It's Ireland's newest and they're quoting it as the largest aquapark with over 30 obstacles on 1,800 square metres to conquer in the water. Now, when myself and Charlie were there, it was just being built, but you could tell it's going to be fantastic. If you have kids, it could run a bit expensive. <laughs> it sounds like you could go up there for two weeks, Aaron, and never leave the site. Um, plenty to do there by the sounds of it it's one of the parks I've never actually made it to and we've made several attempts to get there but one thing, one reason or another we've never made it uh, one of my mates was there with his camper um, over the weekend for a couple of days and he came back raving about it as well so definitely going to make it to that campsite uh, sooner rather than later 
the pitches are big. There's water. There's electricity on every pitch. They've got the, the glamping in as well. I think they've got 15 glamping units. But we only stayed for one night, myself and Charlie. But I've got to be honest, like you say, it's a place we're going to go back. But be aware. I don't think you go for two weeks because you're going to miss a mortgage payment if you do. But plenty <laughs> of free things to do. I was highly impressed. Now, I went again on the first night of opening. We just happened to be doing a bit of business in Rat Drum in County Wicklow. The cinema wasn't open, but I think that chap's name was Patrick. He did show me into the cinema. It's about a 38-seater, but it's good. And it has a cafe and it has a shop and it's, it's, it's definitely well worth it. But be aware, it's not going to be cheap if you have kids. So where do you want to talk about this time, Chris? Uh, this week, Aaron, I'm going to talk about the Cove Air. It's a, it's called Five Foot Way uh, Camper Van Parking. It's run by the council in County Cork, and you can access the, the camper van park as you come into Cove. It's 10 euros per night. The maximum stay is 48 hours. There's no electric hookup. It, it's literally just camper van spaces, but there are 30 of them. So it's a, a massive air as Irish airs go. Um, Cove is a great town for, for visiting um, with tourist capacity. You've got the Titanic Museum there. They've um, a massive cathedral on top of the hill. Very impressive. You can get tours out to Spike Island. Photo Island Zoo is very close. It's, it's just a short train ride or a short dry, drive uh, away as well. Um, and the train goes into Cork City as well and regular trains in and out. Uh, I think you covered that recently on uh, Charlie and Me, our camping vlog. Uh, as well, Aaron, and you can have a, a good look around that if you uh, check out Aaron's video there on YouTube. We did. When they opened it first about three years ago, they had Cove put in five motorhome spaces. They basically just extended five of the car spaces. They didn't widen them, but they extended the white lines. And then when they saw how popular it was, you're right, they've extended it 30. Now, I saw on a recent interview, and it's on our campsitereview.com on Camping News, in the first year, the county council made €28,000 from the 30 camping spots at €10 Euro a night. There's fresh water and there's places to dump your grey water and to dump your black water toilet as well. But €28,000, Chris, you'd think other towns with harbours or car parks or spaces or walkways would like to have that kind of money for very little, I would say very little layout, overall layout. Yeah, the maintenance would be quite low considering they're not, there's no other facilities there, you know. And on top of all of that, all the businesses in Cove, I would imagine, get a a, a, a lot of money handed over to them by um, camper, campers Absolutely. as well. Absolutely. Know? Yeah, I would say so. I'd say so. Have we a website? for? I know I have a video up on Charlie Mir camping vlog, but is there's no general website for the airs? There's no general website, but there is information on visitcove.com. You can learn about the camper van park, but also about Cove itself. Okay, let's take a look at products um, and tips that we have and apps and stuff like that is where we, we normally... Uh, That's right. I think you're going to shine a light on torches uh, now for us, Aaron, aren't you? Yeah, I took a look at some torches over the past week because a good quality torch can be a lifesaver. Whether you're in a power cut, you're working outdoors, or you're planning on just having one for camping, a decent portable source of light is going to keep you... Well, keep you going when darkness falls. When choosing a torch, you got to get the right size. That's key. A hefty, heavy torch is best left in the garage at home. Lighter, handheld torches are good for keeping in the glove box of the car or the camper van or indeed in your pocket. Brilliant for emergencies. 
If you want a torch for occasional use, there's no need to spend any more than maybe 20 or 30 euro for something that's functional. Look at the amount of lumens a torch lets out. That's similar to wattage. Anything above 150 lumens is good brightness. Adjustable modes are a big help. They are for different jobs and for saving battery life. If you're only investing in one torch, it's worth picking one that's waterproof or at least water resistant and that either has a good battery life, let's say about 10 hours on its best main beam and or is rechargeable. The Maglite, torch number one, it's an old favourite. It's used by the forces all over the world and detectives and movies always have one in the glove box of the car for beating people over the head. In fact, your dad might have one, not for that reason, but he may have one. Strong and pleasantly heavy to hold. Most models are water resistant at least. Some are rechargeable. Most of them have about 643 lumens at its strongest setting. In eco mode, it'll light up a dark night and your battery could last for days on eco. It's easy to turn the beam from spot to flood by adjusting the torch head and charging can be quick and easy as well. A Maglite LED rechargeable can set you back from 90 to 150 euro. The second torch I had a look at is the Ambertech 10,000. It was 50 euro. I think it was 53 euro. Ambertech claimed that its uh, large lens can illuminate the night a thousand meters away. Now, I'm not sure about that, but it is very, very strong and it will last up to 24 hours constantly on. And I like how quick and easy it charges as well using a USB cable, either on the mains or from your laptop. So it's great for working outdoors as well. And the third and final light that I took a look at was an LED Lenser P5e Professional. It's a good all-rounder, came in at about €22. Euro. The P5e gives off effective light, only about 25 lumens, but it's good enough on a dark night. It's tactical to hold. It'll burn for about 20 hours on a single AA battery. And the P5e comes with its own sturdy belt pouch. And it's small and light enough that you'd forget you're wearing it. It's great if you're working in the outdoors or even just to have it thrown in the glove box of the camper van. So there's three torches. There are millions to choose from. They were just three that I took a look at. And I've got to be honest, not for 150 quid, but I think at about 70 quid, you can pick up a fairly decent Maglite, which will include a holder that you could screw on maybe just inside the camper door. But if you've got any different suggestions, please do let us know. You know, as always, you can email us at thecampingcrewpodcast at gmail.com. How many torches would you go through in a year? <laughs> Lots of different torches of all shapes and sizes. Um, I tend to use a, a head torch if, if I'm walking around the campsite at night. Um, I have a, a, a nice torch inside the awning. It's an outwell one. It's about eight euros. Um, most of the camping sites uh, sell this one, but it has LED and it's three different lights, but it lights up the whole awning and it's great. It's fabulous. I think the batteries last for ages in it. Now, you're going to make a claim that I think is very dangerous about toasters. <laughs> yeah, toasters is always a, a hot topic for us on the campsite when the camping crew get together. Um, whether we're, we're, we're plugged in or uh, or not, um, I'm going to say tell you about what I think is the perfect outdoor camping toaster. Now, to be honest with you, the perfect outdoor camping toaster doesn't exist, but I've tried lots of different varieties, and the one I kind of use and I'm happy with is, uh, it, it's probably cost about three or four euros. It's like a flat square piece of metal, it's got holes drilled through it. And you literally just put it on your gas hob. 
So I, as I mentioned in a previous podcast, I use one of the briefcase camping gas hubs just for cooking outside. I don't use a barbecue at all. I just find this so much handier. And this just sits nicely on top. I can toast my bread or I can toast my waffles or whatever I want. Um, it's so handy. Now, I wouldn't be cooking burgers or meat on it, but it's, it's very handy just for, for bread and waffles and things like that. And within two or three two or three minutes, I'd say I've got perfectly cooked toast. Whereas when we had our last camper and I had a generator, I was your perfect toaster. Yes, but yours was indoor. I'm talking about outdoor. Okay, yes, mine was indoor, <laughs> but I was your perfect toaster. <laughs> yes, yes. And you, you still will be when I'm too lazy to make it myself, Aaron. But now the way it is, we have, we, like when we're plugged in, okay, we use our toaster. But now the camper we have now in the Heimer, it has a grill and oven. I don't like grilled toast. And I don't like the toast done on your toaster that you're talking about. I'm fussy. Are you not fussy when it comes to toast? I like my toast done in a toaster. I think the toast of this outdoor thing tastes just lovely. Whether it's because you're sitting out in fresh air eating toast, I don't know what it is, but it's really, really nice. I'll, I'm not sure if I'm giving a good picture of it. So what I'll do is on our Twitter account, I'll send up a, uh, I'll put up a picture um, if anyone wants to have a look at it, our Twitter account is at the camping crew. Um, in the next day or so, I'll pop a picture up of the toaster I'm talking about, and you'll see it. You'll find it in places like Halfords and the Range and Argos and lots of the the camping the camping sites as well. You, you'll pick this up, and it's cheap and cheerful. But you still reckon that the perfect outdoor toaster does not exist? But this is close. Yeah, it's 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 as good as I think we're going to get now. Uh, Science has to come on leaps and bounds the next few years now to make a perfect toaster. If there's anybody out there reckons, with the exception of a bit of stick held over a fire, if there's anybody out there reckons they have the perfect outside outdoor toaster, again, you can get us on email, campingcrewpodcast at gmail.com for your perfect toaster. We're moving on to the camp life section now, Aaron. And um, when we were heading away there on our last camping trip recently, you know, the usual um, thing where you pass a motorhome, you give them a wave or a flash yep. of lights to say hello. Yep. Yep. Quite a few people didn't wave back or didn't flash. And I'm just wondering, would that, does that bother you when your motorhome drivers don't wave back? Do you end up, you know, giving out to your passengers saying, oh, look, them feckers never wave back at us. You know what I mean? On top of that, there's different type of waivers. There's people who how I call finger lifters. Then you've got full <laughs> shoulders where people are breaking their arm trying to wave at you. Then you have the flashers and uh, what I call the shy wavers, a very little timid wave. What are your thoughts on that, Aaron? I hate when they don't flash or wave back. I use finger gestures at that point, I tell you, but they're normally gone past me. And it's got to the stage now, let's say there's a camper van coming towards me. I flash and <laughs> I'm a big gesture, lean forward wave. And if I get nothing... I just look at Deirdre and she says, shut up. <laughs> yeah, I kind of exaggerate. I'm not a loud wave, but now I do. <laughs> I will always flash the lights and then with the same hand, the left hand, stick a wave out. But yes, Chris, I use obscenities if you don't wave back. So <laughs> yeah, you are no one excuse of the for not. They can't say they haven't that, seen you. Yes. If you're one of the people that has not waved back at the Charlie and me on YouTube stickered van, <laughs> I have called you names. You know. It's common courtesy. It isn't it, isn't it? I just think now I I'd be honest, I, I used to have classic minis and if I was driving the mini and you saw another mini, you you'd flash. Even now in the smart car, if I saw another smart car, you kind of flash the Not so much if you're driving your general car. Yeah. I have flashed at campers while driving my car because I'd forget where I was and I'd be just so excited to see a motorhome. <laughs> but yeah, it's um again, people let us know, does it bug you or are you one of these people that 
reluctantly lift your fingers and go, oh, hell yeah. But it annoys me. Yeah, it annoys me. And I won't stop. I'm not going to stop. I, I'm going to flash the lights, lean forward with the left hand and do a big hell yeah. But equally, when I get a, a wave or a flash back, or if I get a wave and a flash first, I'm delighted with myself. Yeah, you get a little smile to yourself. Oh, he waved back. He noticed. Yeah. Me, so let's let's keep an eye on it. And you know what? Keep waving. That's what I say, Chris. Keep waving. Uh, where are we now? Here's an interesting topic, which I, I, I have read on a few forums about, but yet have never read a children's view on camping. People talk about it, but yet children don't come on, be it Facebook or be it a forum and say, well, here's what I think. But we've done something with that, haven't we? It's a very important part of uh, camping for uh, uh, families. You know, a lot of families will choose their campsites based on where their kids are going to be happy and and that. Yeah. Isn't that right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, again, myself and Deirdre only have Charlie to worry about, but the rest of the crew have kids and we still tend to meet up. In fact, we're meeting... And we drag weekend. you along with us. <laughs> yes, and we, we tag along with you guys. But the campsite that we're, we're picking this weekend is really solely for children, isn't it? There's a lot of children activities and stuff on it. That's right, yeah, yeah. Well, a couple of weeks back, I decided let's do something about this and let's get a child's eye view of what they like and dislike about camping. I'm going to let the girls... Actually, do you know what? I'm just going to play the interview. We were out camping a couple of weeks back and a few of the younger members said, Hey, Aaron, why don't you interview and get the younger perspective on camping? And that's what we have now. And I have two of the crew with us and they're going to introduce themselves. I'm Hannah and I'm 10. I'm Martha and I'm 12. So you guys have... A motorhome. Well, mum and dad have a motorhome. Yeah. <laughs> and how long have you been camping for? Since, since we were born. And have you been out of Ireland camping? Yeah. Yes. Where did you go? France. Did you like it? Yeah. What did you like about the French campsites compared to the Irish campsites? It was way warmer and there's pools and trampolines and like a pet oh. farm. Oh, much better facilities. Yeah. What's your favourite place in Ireland to go camping? Ardmore. What do you like about camping, be it in Ardmore, but camping in general, whether you're in France. Like if your mum and dad say, will we go camping this weekend? What makes you say yes? Um, I think it's if like, if all the camping crew are going and you know, it's just really fun just sitting outside talking and playing around. And, and then with Ardmore you have the beach. Yeah. What do you dislike about camping? Mm, well, sometimes the like weather is really cold. But having a camper, does the weather matter? Because you can just sit in and yeah. watch TV or... Well, I find that night, like, if the adults are out talking, that really annoys me. While you guys are stuck in. Yeah. Or if it's raining, you can just hear on them. Oh, I love that. I hate that. Oh, I, hate I love that. the sound of it. It really annoys me. So do you think, at 10 and 12, if mom and dad turned around at Christmas and said, we're selling the camper... Would you be happy? No. no. Like not getting a new camper, we're selling the camper. I would oh, not be happy. happy no. Okay. That has been Hannah and Marta on our special interview of what juniors think about camping. So Chris, uh, if anything, you can upgrade your camper, but your two girls are not letting you sell that camper. No, I think we've got a, they've got camping in their blood now, so we'll be camping forever. Yeah, it's brilliant. It's just, and you know what? I think we'll do it again. I think when we go to a campsite, um, we normally have recording gear with us. Uh, either one of us will. I think we get another. You're, you're two, are, are, what, 10 and 12? 10 and 12, yeah. I think I'd like to get 
15, 16? Because I think that would be a totally different... Because my grain stopped at around 15, 16. I think that could be a totally different interview with the exact same questions. Very much so, yeah. I would believe it would be, yeah. Right, leave it with me and we'll uh, come back to that again on the Camping Crew podcast where we go for a teenage look at their likes and dislikes um, of camping. We won't call it from a kid's perspective, we'll call it from a teenager's perspective coming soon on the Camping Crew podcast. So I think that's starting to wrap things up, Aaron. Um, or do you want to give a shout out to your camping vlog? Yeah, if we can, um, I have a good one kicks off. We we upload every Friday on Charlie and me, our camping vlog. It's on YouTube. And basically, Charlie is my chocolate brown cocker spaniel. And we head off and we review campsites and camping products. There's a good one coming up. Uh, I won't say anything about it on this podcast, but check out Charlie and me, our camping vlog. We also have a website called campsitereview.com. We invite you. It's free to join the forum and wherever you've stayed anywhere, be it in mainland Europe, be it in England, Ireland, anywhere at all, type us a review of the positive and negative things in the campsite or the stopover. It's campsitereview.com. You give us all the contact details for the camping crew, Chris. Right. So we have our Twitter account, which is at the camping crew. Feel free to drop us any comments there or, or any suggestions. We'd be delighted to, to see them. We've got an email address and it's campingcrewpodcast at gmail.com. Again, any ideas, campsites, products, any news items, uh, feel free to share. Marie, if you want to say hello, let us know that you're listening. Um, we'd be delighted to hear from you. On behalf of the camping crew and on behalf of uh, Charlie and me, our camping vlog, we thank you for your support and please do keep in touch leave comments on the videos definitely use camping crew podcast at gmail.com let us know what you think let us know what you'd like us to discuss that just about wraps it up chris so i'll touch base with you this weekend as we're all heading off to the same campsite and looking forward to it yeah i'm sure we'll tell you about that on a, a, a near future podcast and don't forget uh, everyone to subscribe to the podcast and to tell your camping friends about us on behalf of me aaron birchall i wish you good night and safe camping Good night. Well, that's it for another podcast from the Camping Crew. Thanks for listening and do join us again very soon. Safe camping.